and welcome to episode nine of A View from the Dugout with myself, Chris, from Surreal and the Budget. And I am joined by my co-host, a man who is currently embroiled in a legal battle with the BBC and Louis Theroux over a rap he claims to have written himself. So, he's six foot two in a compact, his money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds. He likes to see you wiggle wiggle for sure, it's Ross from Scotland Surreal. Ross, how are you tonight, sir? Not sure if I can disclose that, given the legal battle. Well, I mean, we, we can just go on the basics, you know. I mean, it's become a, a viral TikTok sensation, and I feel that you should be, you know, monitored for it. And I, I mean, there's no truth to the rumour that if there was a, a Stars in the Rise, which we know you've been on before, um, to copy the look of a documentary maker, I could see the resemblance without much makeup, to be perfectly honest. Uh, maybe a wee bit of a tan. Sorted. I look forward to when you run out of um, run out of intros and content. I won't. I won't run out. I'm running this into the fucking ground. So anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, we're just going to crack on with our usual shenanigans and what have you. Um, first things first. Let's uh, have a wee look at our game weeks, Russ. Um, I know we kind of just briefly touched on uh, you know how we both got on in a lot in recent weeks, but. Um, yeah, how did you get on uh, at the weekend or midweek or both or all all told? Yeah, just a few few near misses. Um, the America's teams that have been building basically since the reconstruction a couple of weeks ago, which I'm guessing there'll be lots of uh, lots of listeners and lots of players in Surrey that are currently going through this process. So what I've been trying to do is going from sort of cards that I know that I'll get sort of 40 to 50 guaranteed to the guys that are hitting 65 plus more often than not and as you know uh, the gallery's been under a little bit of uh, progression over the last sort of fortnight it's taken shape quite nicely I added um, added a new striker and I've uh, picked up a a super rare card for a wee bash at division well what we would do classes the old division three but basically the pro level Um, however uh, I made a wee bit of an error and do you know what the worst of it is is that I had a, a great score going into the, the Sunday from four players on an MLS. I was sitting on 272, and for once I didn't check my MLS source, um, who's one of the Surreal Sharp guys, who's been really good, and um, I didn't didn't check the source, and I missed a suspension. Yeah. So on the downside, I had a big fat zero, which cost me a card in the MLS. It's my own fault um, for leaving myself short of time before putting the teams in. On the positive note, I suppose the only saving grace is that I uh, I didn't have too many other options, in truth. I couldn't have used the super rare in that league. And the only other card I had was one of the young subs at Nashville who I recommended him a couple of weeks ago just as one to watch and one that probably will increase in value. And um, typically he did not go not didn't go on. So I would have got another zero anyway. So yeah. I suppose that's the the saving part of it. Um, just I suppose generally for from the game week, a few observations from the guys that I've got in sort of various teams and things that have kind of come come back and done well. Um, Michael Frey at Antwerp got back on the the goal, uh, back on the goal scoring, which was good. He scored a I think it was a sixty eight. Uh, Kashiwa. Uh, and the J League continues to impress, and again, I think he scored. Uh, I think he got another assist, and again, another sort of heavy green score. The ever dependable Brian Heenan was 
again in the 60s, which was nice. And quite an interesting one, this one, because I hold them in the gallery and I don't, I'll be honest, I don't know what to do with them. Um, Raphael Agustinak. So he scored a monster score again. And that's what, he had about three or four of these, maybe a couple of months ago, which prompted me to sign him. Yeah. And he was for use in my challenger team. Now he plays for FC Ural in the Russian league who have stayed up. They've avoided it and they avoided the potential. There was going to be a playoff and then there wasn't going to be a playoff. And I think the, the Russian league's voted against it. However, FC Ural are definitely um, staying up. He is a monster scorer when, uh, when things are going well there. And now I believe he's out of contract in the summer. There's been talks of Poland potentially. He's he's a you know he's a Polish national. There's been talks of him returning to, to the Polish league. Um, so yeah, and a little bit of a quandary there. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, the the week no cards. Um, as always, got an Ethereum payout of sorts. Can't even remember if it was ten or twenty. I think it was that the upper. Um, but yeah, that's that was my game week. How about you? Has the has the limited run uh, continued? It has, it has. Um, so obviously last week's podcast, I just got my Lewis Morgan uh, card for my, my very, very near uh, tier two rare. I ended up with a tier two limited and I got Lewis Morgan. So at the weekend, well, I had a team last midweek and they played pretty well. I ended up 118th. So that was another tier two uh, limited. And that was uh, Aaron Herrera from uh, Real Salt Lake that I got for that one. So I sold him for about, it was about 25, 22 quid, maybe 25 quid, somewhere in that region. Anyway, I sold him for that. And I actually reinvested that into what I talked about last week was my under 23 Scottish team. So I, I reinvested some of that back in there. Um, the, the star players for me were two players from Fortaleza in uh, Brazil. They were both playing in the uh, Libertadores. I had a goal uh, from a striker, so I got 72 and a half points from him. And my, my defender, who actually plays as a midfielder, scored me nearly 60. So that was a pretty solid base from those two. And um, they're actually my my two that I'm waiting on tonight for this midweek. But yeah, no, that, that rattled through. That got me a decent reward. And then at the weekend, the Specialist Limited League Tier two limiteds run again. Um, so that was a pretty good one. I picked up Junior Santos from Hiroshima and he knocked in a goal and an assist for 82.3 points. And um, I'd only paid about 11 quid for him. And I had him listed and he sold for 0.025, I think it was. So it was about 40 quid he sold for. And I was gutted because that was just as the assist went in. I was like, he's still going to be on a 40 average. So I was like, I need to get him back in. So I got him back in for this uh, for this game week, for the midweek. And their game was called off about two hours before kickoff today. So I lost an entire team in specialist today. However, I'm only a mere, was it, 31 points outside the prizes with only a goalkeeper and a defender having played. My other three are all zeros, sadly, because I had a Gamba defender and I had two Hiroshima players. So um, Ryoya Ogawa got me 100 points. And it's such a pain to see a wasted 100 points because normally he knocks in about 35 to 40 and he rattles in 100 on a dead game week for him. So, yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, my reward that the weekend uh, there was not so good. Um, from what I've seen from other people's rewards, there was a lot of Turkish cards getting dished out. Uh, quite a lot of Turkish cards got dished out. And on the, the reward pool, there wasn't a whole lot of them. 
Um, it seems as though a lot of them that were there were uh, MLS cards, and a lot of them seem to have all of a sudden now appeared into the new referral rewards. So I'm wondering if there was a slight bit of adjustments into what prizes were given out and what's been held back for rewards. So that's a little bit interesting. Um, but I did have a friend who picked up their first reward. It was their first ever reward. They finished about 700 and whatever in the Specialist League, but it was still a reward for them. They were pretty excited. And they got the reward, and I got a message sent through on my phone that said WTF. And um, it was basically they got the captain of a relegated team who is 37 years old as the reward. It's not even worth a pound fifty. So it's pretty harsh, to be perfectly honest. Now, we've spoke about it. We've obviously seen things like Techers has talked about it. Everybody's talked about the prize pools being, you know, so slow and so, you know, lacking behind. Relegated teams should not be in the rewards uh, at this stage. That should easily, that's a, a very easy change to make. Um, you just simply remove all players from this team. We've both done some limited amount of programming in our lives, no doubt. It's a, it's a, it's a line of programming to take out, you know, all the players from this relegated team. They shouldn't be in it. It's, so that was pretty disheartening for my mate. I've uh, said to him, look, you know, whatever, I, if I could pick something up midweek, I'll try and help you out with it or whatever. So it's a bit disappointing, you know, to see somebody that's excited to, you know, yeah, obviously it's that far down in the prize pool, but you don't expect to get something that literally has zero use as well as value. So that, that was a wee bit disheartening. Um, but beyond that, you know, I'm I'm still thoroughly enjoying the limiteds. I really am. Um, I've picked up most of my team now for my under 23s. Um, we talked about last week. Obviously, you were talking about going um, to quote, uh, you know, a Scottish a Scottish phrase, "boz deep" into the <laughs> into the All Star Limited you were looking at. But yeah, I picked up my under 23s. I'm quite happy with them. I ended up. I've still wanted to get another few. Um, but I did end up picking up, you know, a handful of boys that I was interested in. The striker I couldn't remember last week was Bruce Anderson. And I'm kind of glad I didn't mention it because as soon as I put up the post, um, his cards were selling for more than what I'd paid for it. So that was happy days. Um, but I picked up Connor Barron and Jake Doyle Hayes. And I've also obviously got Ross Graham there. So it's the basis of a nice wee team. Um, I have got a deal lined up. I've just been on Discord just before we started trying to line up a deal for a, a Gaitan Cook form a goal so it's probably going to involve trading out a couple of rare cards uh to get them but i'd rather get them now before the prices shoot up has basically yeah. my thoughts on that so i don't know how are you looking at your prep for your all-star limited yeah i've done quite a bit actually and like that i'm enjoying it much more than a than i probably care to admit um <laughs> but, but you should this is the thing like i it's okay russ it's okay to say you're wrong so many people won't say they're wrong you know, we know quite a few people who won't say they're wrong. They might delete me on Twitter and block me for saying that I'm right and you're wrong. But the, um, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I'll rehab you through this, Russ. It's Two wrongs okay. make a right. So, yeah, I, do you know what? Yeah. I, it's, I think for, for me and the the change in the prizes that so they have, you know, they've, they've actually just totally nailed it with this, yeah. um, on, certainly on the limited. I have to tip my hat, you know, I've gone from the test and limited cards and my gallery shall never have any yellow to, yeah, I think I've just looked just now and I've, you know, 63, 63 limited cards. Um, it's not as many as the rare cards that I've managed to amass with, you know, a year of trading or whatever, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've tried to get a mixture this week 
a little bit different. Um, you mentioned obviously about the main team, so I I'd, I'd wanted to put a basis of Callum McGregor um, simply because he'll play all the time, both yeah, you know yeah, yeah. at the weekend and they'll have midweek utility. So Callum McGregor was going to be kind of a stalwart for both, you know, as I say, the weekends and the midweek. And that, my idea was that I'll just continue to play him in every game that he's available and fit. Yeah. I then looked and thought, well, obviously, Carlos Soler is arguably probably my favourite player in the in the whole game. Yep. Um, so Carlos Soler's in there and I've got him as well. I've not managed to actually get Immobile yet. I thought I had a trade actually lined up and agreed last week and the guy changed his mind, which he's absolutely entitled to do so. Yep. Um, so I've not got Immobile yet, but that is definitely um, part of the plans. If there's anybody listening that wants a wee <laughs> limited Immobile trade, of course. Uh, I do have some some pretty good players listed, etc. But yeah, that's still the plans to get Immobile in there. However, I don't know if you've had a wee, uh, a wee look in my gallery. I've I added a couple of legends. I know. I saw this last night. So I was having a wee... Uh, you'll notice if you go on to uh, my account, you know, have a look at my gallery or what have you, I've got like 580 odd followers, but I only follow one person and that's Russ so that I could click in quite quickly and just have a peruse of what he's been picking up. Because um, to be honest, this is the first time since last Wednesday that we've actually caught up. Um, both of us have been extremely busy with work and life, basically. And um yeah, so we, we we haven't really chatted, have we, Russ? It's, it's kinda, no, no. This is and you say never meet your heroes, time. Chris, but unfortunately you've met me. Uh, yeah, no, I'm yeah. bad. Big when, letdown. When did, when did we meet? Uh, was that 2007? Probably about 2000 and 2006, 2007, I think. Legendary um, management team. The best yeah. management team probably since... Is, is there a better one? <sighs> have pushed. Hard pushed. Hard, hard, hard pushed. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I noticed, I noticed Big Rude Hulet, a, a, a fan favourite of the pair of us. Oh, um, uh, Javier Zanetti, who is actually in my FIFA Ultimate team at the moment. So yeah, no, it's a, it's a very interesting couple of additions. So are you planning I'm on getting the Legend Challenge? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, I'm gonna acquire one more just so that I've got three. Yeah. Um, and then I'm obviously gonna. The idea around this was that I'll get the three and I will buy another goalkeeper. It'll be a European goalkeeper. Yep. It'll be one. I probably will go. Um, the fact that I've bothered to go and get, obviously, the legends and paid, you know, you're not paying You're not paying £10 for these guys. <laughs> no, you're not. No. Admittedly, Javier Zanetti um, was, I think he was about £30, £35. Um, I got one quite cheap. There was one that was listed a little bit, a little bit cheaper. However, um, the fact that I am investing in this, that it's going to be a you know a three-figure, well into three-figure investment team for this one, I will go to the point that there's no point in doing it without getting yourself a really good keeper. I'm not wanting a, a limited keeper, and he's getting like 25 points. That's just pointless. Why would he do that? So I will go, um, I'll go big or go home on the goalkeeper, which will be quite interesting. I've added um, a couple of other sort of peripheral players as well, and... For all the, the ripping I give him in a Scotland shirt, Stephen O'Donnell seems to have a high base and be quite a good scorer. Now, he just came back in that very last game there um, for Motherwell. I want to see how he does at the start of next season. So I've added him. And I today added uh, Jackson Ewell. Um, I, had, I had him a couple of weeks ago and he did me a turn, uh, to be perfectly honest. He did, he did me a turn. 
Um, being the captain there now, I think it's... Yeah, he's the captain. Yeah, yeah he's, so he's, he's, uh, he's, he's done me a turn and um, I hope for many more Yuletide greetings from him. Indeed. So, indeed. Uh, yeah, no, I th- I, you know what? I love the limited leagues. I think I think our aversion to it was obviously the reward, you know, the return on investment. That was a big thing for both of us. And that we, we, we made no bones about it. I dabbled in a team last October, November for, you know, one of the J-League teams and I also had... Had an Altach team from Austria at one point, <laughs> and it was just for a bit of extra fun, and it wasn't that expensive. But when you're get winning a, a one pound card, it was like, well, what's the point? Uh, but now with the addition of, like I say, the specialist league, for example, to be able to win a, a tier zero, I mean, now that's going to be a long shot for anybody to win. It is a, a wee bit of a lottery, but it's not really because a lot of the, all the players that you're having to put into it. I'm scouting them constantly. And a great thing about the limited markets is it's so fluid. If you have a card and you don't want it anymore, you could list it and it will probably be gone in the next couple of hours if you really wanted to put it at a low price. It'll be gone quite quickly. You'll get some scummy offers. <laughs> you know, you list something at like two quid and somebody comes in with a 40p bid. Um, but yeah, you know, it's quite fluid. So you can you can chop and change your team quite regularly. And I think if you have got a wee bit of a balance you know, we've also been fortunate enough to trade our way up to a decent standing. So to now be able to go, right, okay, there's no way on earth I can afford an under-23 goalkeeper in rear. just won't happen. I, I couldn't justify it to myself, but I could do it in limited. It's the same probably with Rude Hula. I don't know what his price is in a rare format, but would you be willing to tie up so much funds in one player like that? Whereas... You could do it in the limiteds for what you're probably paying for a good rare, you know. So it's, I, I, I enjoy it from that aspect. It's cards that normally I wouldn't necessarily have been able to buy, but it's also competitions that in the last three game weeks have paid me out more than what my thresholds would have been. So I can't grumble about my decision to just play those ones. So yeah, no, I've, I, it, it's something I've really, really, really enjoyed. And um, I look forward to many more competitions. Are you thinking of other ones then? Are you thinking extra competitions in there as well? Or To be honest, I think what I'll do next season, as I say, I've got 60-odd cards here. Um, there's about 15 of them are like prospects that I think, um, just being open and honest, that I think I'll be able to sell for more money to somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got quite a strong um, I've got a global team. I don't have too many of the Asian cards. I do have the the lads that we had also in rare. Uh, Suzuki, Yoshinori Suzuki, that was one of yeah. the player tips. Now, he's still playing really, really well yeah. um, at Shimizu. And I've got Takuma Ominami, I think is Ominami, how you pronounce yeah. it. So that was one of the race all boys that yeah. they were flying at the start of the season, went off the boil a bit. For a small element of recovery on their actual scoring on the cards, but not so much in the actual game performances. Did you see this um, morning's performance? Did no, I didn't know. Uh, Considol won race all six. All right, okay. They, so they're back. <laughs> they burst them. Now, right, okay. it happened. I haven't looked at the scores properly because I know it's going to pain me. But my four, my stack, um, Takahashi scored 95. Uh, Koyamatsu scored 100. Right, okay. Hosoya scored 65, I think it was. So looking at it, I was like, oh, man, it's brutal. But the cards are worth less than what I sold them for now. So it's it goes in cycles, and I'm more than happy. It's, it was just unfortunate. The young lad for uh, Constable got in the goal, uh, Nakano, 
And by all accounts, he only could have probably done something about one of the six. He actually mm-hmm. had four saves. Even though he conceded six, I think he still scored 30-odd points. So he didn't have a bad game. He just, uh, Fukumori got sent off after 10 minutes. So yeah, it was a wild one, uh, 6-1. So um, yeah, there were some pretty big scores in Asia, but there was a lot of DNPs because of the roulette of midweek. So yeah, no, that's... I've only got a handful. I've only got a handful of those cards and I've supplemented them with quite a lot of MLS cards. And then I've got a heavy sort of Dundee United slash European sort yeah. of base as well. I've got the 60 cards. In truth, I, I'm not going to use all 60 cards, and I, I do want to filter that down. Um, initially, I was going cheap and cheerful just to see how I would do in, like, the underdog and the specialist. And I think, in truth, if I'm being honest with myself, I went a little bit too cheap and cheerful. Mm-hmm. So I've yeah. got about 10 to 15 cards that, you know, I've been listing them at three or five quid just to let just to get rid of them. Um, it'll all add up to the purchase of maybe say one or two players if I let you know yeah. fifteen of them go. One I've, place that's maybe sorry, just one place that's maybe worth having a look. That it's not just for everybody out there, but maybe for yourself because you've not mentioned it. Is have a look at Brazil because their league's still running and it's running right through, as far as I'm aware, from looking at the 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 fixture lists. And there are some good teams in there, and like that Fortaleza team. Now they might be rock bottom of the league. But last season, they finished in the Libertadores places. I think they finished third or fourth in the league last season. So they'll come good. Um, but they're playing really well tonight. They play um, basically a decider that's them. And I want to say it's Colo Colo. And um, they're both on the same number of points. Fortaleza have the, the head-to-head, or I think it's the goal difference. But there's some really good value. That's the team that have Pikachu playing for them. And if you don't have a Pikachu in your club, you've got to catch them all. I mean, you've got to go and find them there. So, um, yeah, no, he's expensive. He's very expensive and a very good scorer. But I picked up their striker, the boy called Moises, Moses, M-O-I-S-E-S. I'm going to say Moises. And um, he's been really good. I picked him up for about 11 quid. And he's now selling in the 40s because he's had a couple of good games. And we know that with strikers. They can go off the boil. As soon as they come back on the boil, you're getting decent scores. So, yeah, have we look at Brazil like Sierra and all these other clubs because there's some really good value there and they're going to be playing through. So it might supplement you to be able to get the specialist team and your MLS team in there over the summer. It might be worth having a wee nosy. Yeah, I think I'll probably add a, add a couple more. Um, I have tried to get a couple of quality guys and I got, um, got a player in just, again, just for a, a sort of podcast tip for somebody to look at. Picked him up for £15, guy called Timothy Margasov that plays in the Russian League. Um, you know, five, five, uh, five match average of 72. Um, Solid. Yeah. <laughs> Solid. Yeah. I'm, I'm, so, I'm, just, I'm just disappointed that after saying Colo Colo, you didn't do a yaya. yaya I should have done. Yaya. I should have done. I thought about it. I thought about it, but I didn't want to be one of those guys that does like hula dancing or songs on that. You know what I mean? I'm quite happy just to let you have your rap. I think well, that, 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 that's fair. And, and and actually, in truth, just on talking of missing things, last week we were on about all-time game uh, match atmospheres and things. Yes. And big shout out. There was quite a few guys actually messaged into, <laughs> the, into the Twitter accounts and things and stuff about just some of the games and you must check out this ground and stuff and things like that, which was, which was quite good. Um, but one of the matches, and I completely forgot about it, was... I was at a, a stag do in 2007 
and Barcelona and Real Madrid were locked on points for the league going into, at the time, it was actually the second last game of the season. Mm-hmm. And we went to Madrid for the Lord's actually in um, he's actually in Surrey. He, he plays as one of one of the guys that are referred. So you're talking, I don't know, I think there must have been about 15 Scotsmen in Madrid. And we decided to take a game at the Bernabeu in. And we went uh for this game. Went on the, the tube to the ground, obviously the Bernabeu, I think what's it hold about 78, 80,000, something like that. Um, we were all wearing the, you know, the, the the sort of Scotland CU jimmies and stuff, just so that we could be mm-hmm. noticed as not your typical Spaniards. However, went to the ground, absolutely brilliant atmosphere, you know, at the start, absolutely electric. Real Madrid expected to absolutely destroy um, destroy the team. I'm, I'm sure it was uh, Espanol or was it maybe Deportivo? It was one of the two that they were playing. However, Walter Pandiani, that used to be at Birmingham City. He was he was playing for the opposition and he rattled in a hat trick within 30 minutes. Madrid were 3-0 down at home. Now, this is the second last game of the season. Barcelona's playing at the same time. You could imagine the stadium. This is, you know, this is our first ever visit to this huge mm. stadium, massive thing. A lot of the boys haven't even, even been to, you know, other stadiums. And 30 minutes in, we're 3-0 down at home. Here's us as the guest fans. And uh yeah, we're, you know, absolutely sort of shell-shocked and stunned. So, Ruud van Nistelrooy pulls one back just before half-time to get it back to 3-1. The place basically went from the atmosphere of a morgue to maybe the atmosphere of an actual funeral parlour. Hmm. Just after half-time, the Madrid legend in all, all time, I think second Spanish goalscorer of all time, Raul, scored. So, got it back to 3-2. Jose, uh, Jose Antonio Reyes got the, the, the equaliser at three all. However, that wasn't going to be enough, and it wasn't enough. So the stadium was on absolute tender hooks. And, um, yeah, it was just... I, I don't think I'd actually been to a capacity that big. I, I think, you know, obviously the Celtic uh, Park for the Scotland game, I think that was about 67,000. And, yeah, that was really, really loud. Um, but the Spanish ground was, you know, the Bernabeu was definitely more. There would have been another 10,000. And at this point, it's really cranking up. And it had that feel of the sort of sort of the flare wheel in sort of, you know, the Turkish and the Greek stadiums that you see. Mm. Um, and it was getting really, really, really tense. And on the 89th minute, your body stunt double pops up, Mr. Higuain, <laughs> and scored the winner, 4-3 for Real Madrid from being 3-0 down. That'd be um, Went and scored the winner. And you can imagine the place went absolutely ballistic. It was, do you know what? It was one of those things that, uh, it'll live with me for the rest of my life. It didn't live with me last week, <laughs> amazingly. I forgot about it. But um, yeah, what a what a, a fantastic continental experience. So that's that was just one that I wanted to slip in before we kind of sort of switch subjects. Slipping along in. with the um, the mention of this new competition, the the three clay. Do you want to talk us yeah, through it? Yeah. So the three clay. <laughs> um, a new edition that was just kind of slipped in, as Russ would like to say. And um, it was around the, uh, it's basically an SO3. And it's quite interesting. There is there is some game rules to go with it. And um, I'm just bringing those game rules up just now because I believe it kicks in this weekend. I did have a team in it. I've had to take the team out so that I could fill out my other teams because 
I managed to well, I've managed to lose my Hiroshima players probably for the weekend as well. So it basically it's three limiteds and two common cards. I am as with the goalkeeper challenge. So the goal the common cards are going to score zero. And now all of the players must have an average of below 50 in their last 15 games. And you've you can pick a captain and it has to be a limited, and I think that's a 50% boost, I believe. Now, the only problem I did notice when putting the team together is it actually means your common cards also have, you have to be below 50 in the last 15. So it didn't give me an awful lot of options, to be honest, for some of the positions. But um, I think that's maybe because I wasn't necessarily looking at the ones with no games. But it's an interesting little league. I think there's 300 prizes um, sitting there as well. So it's an extra way for somebody with literally a, maybe a, a £5 spend where they've bought you know, three very cheap common cards and stuck them into a team. It gives them an opportunity to be able to field that team and possibly win some half-decent rewards. And um, again, you know, we went back right at the very start when we first um, launched the podcast. It was right on the back of the community update and obviously, um, you know, everything that Nicholas had said in that. And personally, I think it has, you know, the rewards have really improved. The level of progression opportunities for newcomers has really improved as far as I'm concerned. I don't know how you feel about that, Russ. Yeah, I think um, I think they had to because obviously you're looking at, when you're looking at onboarding numbers, um, why are people going to place a rare? Well, there's the collectability aspect, which, yeah, okay. You know, there's a small element of that that you will get some people, but it will be quite a low percentage. Um I know that you've completed your your Dundee limited side, so tip you know tip my hat to you there. You managed to get all the yes, match and shirt numbers and things. I've looked at it with United, obviously the the team's rivals, and uh, what better than you know the two guys in the podcast with the rival supports having the the, the cards. Um, but again, I keep you know the collectability aspect for me isn't as important. I look at it sporadically and go, oh, I wonder if any of the same you know, sharp numbered cards are up for sale in the market. If they're not, I'm not going to pay through the nose or, you know, pay a premium just to have the card. But from a from an actual winning things, and I know that not all the prizes will be fantastic all the time, but winning something is better than winning nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I what I'm finding, a lot of the guys that I speak with that I've onboarded, um, and when, when I onboard, I know it's very similar to you, that... As affiliates, we we cannot give any financial incentive to anybody, and we don't. But what we can do, uh, and what we are allowed to do, is give people sort of personal tuition and time, which I know that we're both more than happy to do so. And that's not necessarily just by, um, you know, by, say, say, DM or whatever, you know. So I I openly have a guy that doesn't, um, you know, that that didn't sign up with me, et cetera. And, uh, you know, I'll give him assistance on a Zoom call, for example. I'm happy to do that if and when I've got the time. I know you're the same. And I think for these guys that are trying to increase the gallery sort of value, they've got a plan that I think like us, they want to be in it where they are stake free. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that's, that's fantastic if you can get that. So you get the money that you put in out without the detriment of say you know demolishing your team um so that i think that's good in the fact that there's so many more prizes now and there definitely is you know i'm looking at it and i actually find myself now not just checking the limited prizes but i actually look and think 
what are the prizes on the rear? And I'm much more um, switched on to the numbers of prizes in the rear, which I think that's made a, I suppose it's alerted me in, in, in truth. So that's been really good from the limited perspective. It's the limited cards and the limited comps that have made me also look at the rear uh, prize pools, which is which has been a good thing. The fact that they're, well, that I think this is the first time they've done anything with three cards. Yeah. Would that be right? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the four with the goalkeeper challenge, but this is, as far as I'm aware, this is the first one with the three. Yeah, so that, again, just means that they're prepared to, I suppose, just keep diversifying till they find things that people like, etc. So that's positive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm all in favour for it. The, the more people that can win, the more people that are going to be involved. If you win a prize, you're going to be enthused and you're going to think, oh, I'll get a team out again next week. Do you know what? I might strengthen it. Yes. So what happens when the person strengthens it? They go to the transfer market and they don't always go to the auctions. They'll sometimes go to the secondary market. And that benefits everyone. Mm-hmm. Oh, it does. It does. And I wholeheartedly agree. The, the the big thing about this for me is if this is a taster for somebody, you know, if you say to somebody, right, okay, get yourself a wee team. Now, you could do this with two defenders and a midfielder. That's going to probably be your cheapest way to do it. Now, that's not guaranteeing a win or anything like that because, you know, you're maybe relying on clean sheets or whatever else. But, you know, look at today with that, Ogaba card, I paid, I got him for 0.0025, which was less than £4. And he scored 100 points today. Now, if I've got him captain, I've just banged in 150 points and I'm well on my way. So it's, it is possible to find these players. You're just going to have to do a wee bit of digging, a wee bit of research. But if you could pick up a team for sub 20 quid and then win a Star Limited, which includes the likes of your Mbappes of the world, your Haalands of the world, things like that, then... It's it's massive. I mean, I've got the prize pools. I'm going to say this. I'm, I've been converted over to the new uh, game lobby. Not a fan in the least at the moment. That might change. I'm, I'm a stickler for, for uh, you know, I've been used to something for a year and uh, almost, well, a year and three months. And now all of a sudden it's changed. Yeah, not a fan at the moment. But yeah, that's got Kylian Mbappe, Haaland, Kimmich. Carlos Gill, um, Diogo Costa, Vinic- uh, Vinicius Jr., Donnarumma. I mean, you've got some massive, massive cards there that for the sake of a, a you know, possibly a 20 quid team winning a, a two grand card, t- tell me that that's not good for the, the platform. And even if you do, you know, if you've got your three players in and it's a taster because you're then sitting at the weekend, checking your players, checking your scores, watching for what's happening to suddenly, you know, have that buzz of the game of actually the SO5 and doing pretty decent in it, even if you don't win a prize in this time, what's to stop you then? As you say, right, okay, tell you what, I've got those two defenders in the midfielder now. I need to get a striker. I need to get a goalkeeper, but I can't afford the goalkeeper. So what if I, I, you know, start trading or start doing this and start doing that? And all it is is good for the marketplace. And it's, it's, you know, it helps keep the market, you know, with a fair bit of liquidity. So no, I'm I'm massively for it. I'm genuinely massively for it. And I think it's uh it's all been great additions. This last few weeks has been really good from that aspect. I'm going to touch on the point that you just mentioned there about the rare prize pools. I still feel they're under they're underfunded as such. Yeah. And there's not enough um if you're looking at this now obviously there's a lot more cards available because there's a thousand scarcity and things like that. But there's also, there's a lot of times where we've talked about the dynamics, you know, dynamic rewards, and it's not. It just isn't. It's, it's you know, if it was dynamic, it would be changing on a weekly basis rather than here's 
five game weeks in a row where you're getting the same number of prizes. It's it's not, you know, it's not dynamic. And there should be a, a removal process for, you know, relegated players, as we discussed. If there's a big injury and everybody knows about it, somebody's torn their knee, they've t- like the Brad Guzan situation of a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that. So, yeah, you're seeing a lot of things like that that are still there. And these are the big things that, uh, you know, if they fix the reward system for, especially for the rares, the the community would be a lot happier and you would probably find, you know, what else would there be to complain about? You know, they're listening, they're bringing in other pla- other uh, SO5 uh, leagues or SO3, even at that. So the, they are listening to feedback and it is, you know, it is ongoing. So let's see where they go in the future. Uh, you know, I'm still giving them the benefit of the doubt that after the new, after the, the summer period and we go back into the European leagues again, things might start to change now that we're going to have to have a rare goalkeeper. I don't know what your thoughts are. Maybe I think as long as the as long as the platform continues to evolve and as if people see change and people see new things, then whether it's been you know just by coincidence on the timing or whether it has actually been you know in relation to feedback received, then yeah, people will like that. You know, as long as they're seeing things happening, it's like everything else. If you moan about you know something a hundred times and nothing ever gets done about it, then eventually um, people vote with their feet. You know, yeah. whereas at the moment there seems to be changes every week. There's things to look at every week, so people are having to pay attention to the competitions. People are having to look at um, what's up for grabs, what they can win, how they can utilise their gallery to their to their best. And I think you know, I think if we're being honest, you know, I we're now what I'm what 15, 16 months into this game, and I still sometimes make the mistakes of not utilising my gallery best. You know, I still put in what I think is maybe going to be an element of a of a gamble into, you know, three or four cards that I know are going to score 50 points. And then I'll put somebody that I think one minute he scores a 26, but every so often he scores like an 80 or a 90 in the hope that it, you know, all gels that week to not just finish 170th, but to finish 15th, you know? So, yeah, yeah. And I think that's where I'm probably I'm probably my own worst enemy in the fact that I like I like the risk element there, um, and it's not you know it has paid off a couple of times in the past sort of sort of six months or so, but it doesn't it doesn't pay off that regularly. If obviously if it did pay off that regularly, everybody would be doing it. So I think that's good. One of the the final things that that I probably maybe got a slight suggestion on. Obviously, there's been you know, thankfully, a lot of the dust settled, et cetera, on level playing field, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And I think the limited cards, et cetera, have been fantastic in, I suppose, you know, further leveling the playing field. With but these one new things, I would agree. Yeah. I, I still think there's an element of buy-in success in some of the other ones. But yes, certainly with the new leagues, 100% agree with you. Yeah, one of the things I'd like to see, and it's no dig at any particular, you know, person or individual or whatever, but... One of the things that, I, that I'm not overly keen on is the fact that there's the player cards. So the professional players in the game get their signed cards that can be sold or, you know, or used. Now, obviously, with in relation to sort of FIFA and UEFA regulation um, around, obviously, footballers, etc., you know, what I would like to see is that they do receive a card, but maybe it's, for instance, either a new scarcity with a percentage bonus. So say, for example, player joins the game and decides to promote the game every other opportunity on, whether it's social channels, et cetera, 
they get the card that's signed, it's got their name on it. However, that's not sellable because that's not that's not level playing field. If they can sell that card for whether it's two hundred pounds or twenty thousand pounds, that's a ma- you know that's a massive freebie that that player in essence is getting. Yeah. Now that's not level playing field for every everybody else that's out there that doesn't have the you know doesn't have the opportunity or hasn't made it in, in football in terms. But what I would like to see is that they do get a reward, obviously, for that. But could it be that, for instance, it's a non-tradable? So we've got common cards in the game. They're non-tradable. They're non-fungible tokens. They don't have a token history. Um, I would like to see a change there from Surair, where maybe it's a, you know, maybe not, obviously, we've got unique anyway. So maybe it's a 35% boost card that they get. Maybe it's a different colour. Maybe it's a super rare. I don't know. What, what's your thoughts? Um, I've no problem with it being a rare. Um, I don't have a problem with it being a rare. I do have a problem with them being sold for profit. Um, you know, if you're getting the card, if in essence, it's because you're an ambassador for the game and Serena are like, you know, the more professional players that they've got getting involved in the platform, the better. I, it's great for the game. It, you know, it gives it a, a legitimacy. You know, I, I think that's probably the best way to put it. It gives it a legitimacy. But and now I believe there was something about I think I got told this last year, and it might have been by Surreal USA, that the MLS had it written that they couldn't profit from those cards. Yeah. Because, you know, that was written into it. The, the players who got their cards, like Lewis Morgan's got one sat there. Because mm-hmm. I remember sitting, sending bids for it, and obviously nothing was coming back, because the only card he's got in the account, so he obviously wasn't, you know, active in the game. But they, you know, they they all had them, but apparently they could not sell them for profit. Now, should a card like that you know, if, say, you know, Charlie Adam joins the platform, he gets his card. Now, obviously, it'd be useless because he's, he's been non-playing, but um, he's got his card. And if he was to then sell that card, should it be a case that Serer maybe has a way or has a, a charity? You know, they were promoting, yeah. a, you know, a fundraiser there. So, you know, obviously, they, they had the, the thing for Ukraine or there might be, you know, a, a, a mental health a, because, I mean, especially for guys our age or guys of any age, to be perfectly honest, you know, from children to, you know, to old men all have issues with mental health. And I think that would be a, a big thing, you know, if they had maybe a way that if, if a player chooses to sell their card, yeah. that it profits the charity. You know, so if, you know, I pay one ETH for Charlie Adams card, that one ETH goes straight to Serena. It doesn't go to Charlie Adams account. And yeah. he, you know, the, I could then do what I like with that card, but the player hasn't profited from that. But it goes to, you know, I think in some football teams, I know certainly in teams when, when I played my American football, we would have a, you know, a fine system for, you know, being late or being whatever. And at the end of the season, that all went to a charity. So, you know, it, teams do that all the time. So couldn't that be a way that maybe, because I don't know, I don't know about the blockchain in terms of how that would, you know, how it would function in terms of being able to make it non-tradable. The only way you could realistically do that would be as a common card, but that would mean they couldn't use it in the new leagues. And I'm all for them using it because see if you were to log into um, Serer Mega, for example, and you've seen you were up against Hans Van Aken and you're like, right, okay, I'm up against the Lord. So let's see how we get on because there's a buzz about that. It's the same if you play the Serie Data Leagues, you know, when they were there and things like that. So it's a bit of a buzz to be up against a pro. We used to do it on FIFA. If you came up to against, you know, the green card, you knew it was the player you were playing against. And um, so there's a wee bit of a buzz about that. And I I think it's good for the platform to have them to say, you know, this is, 
you know, Hans Van Aken, this is Van der Voort, this is whoever else. Yeah. And I agree, I think that's right. But as I say, I don't agree with them being able to profit off of it. The cards yeah. should, you know, if they're tradable, it should be, you know, a sale, not an offline sale, something that actually gets put into the platform and is sent over to, you know, Serious charity of choice, whether it be whoever. You know there's lots of options. Do you know, if depending on the even even for instance, if that was maybe say like a, a league licensing rule, for example. Mm-hmm. So you've got you know just to name one, and I'm sure there are loads, but you know in Scotland, for example, there's like back on side as a as a mental health um, as a mental health charity. So you know something along the lines of of that, where basically that you know it's not unleveling the playing field as such. And that, that's one of the things for me. You've also got, there's lots of, particularly with the MLS, we've seen it where there's loads and loads of guys have got their signed card and it's basically, it's sitting in a dead account where the players haven't, you know, they haven't come on. Yeah. We've also got a, a scenario where, you know, I think the European numbers are, are, are growing in relation to, you know, with the new leagues and things being launched and stuff, you're seeing more and more, obviously, cards coming out there and being signed, etc. I just think, for me, I'd like to see that, the, yeah, the guys are rewarded with something that can benefit them in putting in their lineups 100%, totally for it, especially if they are active and, you know, help and promote the game. But for those that aren't active, you know, so it's, you know, in the old marketing sort of terms and things like that, you know, if if you were getting paid to, you know, to drink Dr. Pepper, for example, or whatever like that, you know, and you drunk it once and then you put it down, you wouldn't continue to still get paid for advertising it if you weren't ad- advertising it. And that, yeah. in essence, I'm guessing what the, this has been the idea from day one is that here's your advertising and marketing reward for promoting the platform. All the fans have got, oh, sorry, all the players have got a fan base. Yep. So every every one of the players that's ever been released on Surreal will have fans within the game. You know, that's absolutely, you know, 100%. Yeah. But you've also got, you know, you do have some really, really active players. I think Rudy, Rudy Camacho, man, mm-hmm. is, uh, is, is really active in the game and you see him buying and selling players and things, etc. So it's great that these guys are involved. But yeah, I just feel that, you know, I think there has to be something where that token becomes either untradeable or, you know, common, something like that. I don't mean common as in as in a white card and, and you know, percentage rewardless. Yeah. I still want them to get a reward that's probably above super rare in relation to the scoring aspect of the game. Yeah. But yeah, it's just an observation. And uh, basically that's, uh, that's one of the things I've been looking at. So yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly uh, agree. I think it's something that's there. And I, I mean, if we're going to talk about bugbears, um, I had uh, a little pop at something yesterday on uh, Twitter, and it was something that's kind of been in the back of my mind for a little bit now. And it was just talking about, you know, content creators, whether it's paid content, like, you know, the, the buy me a coffee thing, whatever, I, can't even, I can't remember what you call that, but or whether it's Patreon or what have you, there's always the debate, should you pay for it, what's in the public domain, blah, blah, blah. Try doing the videos that I've done and the videos that Russ does and put the research into those and tell me it's not worth paying for and, uh, you know, or being paid for. That's why, to be perfectly honest, my time is as limited as it is just now. And that's why a lot of my videos haven't happened recently because I've had to prioritise what is good for me and my family and my upcoming extra family. So I've had to prioritise my times 
And, uh, you know, if I was running it as a Patreon channel and I'm putting up threshold videos or specialist videos or whatever they may be, and they're behind the paywall and people are paying for that content, do you know what? I probably would do it a bit more, to be perfectly honest with them. But we're free. We're, but we're free. So I've I, it's been a big struggle for me to, to, you know, find the extra time or to decide, right, okay, I'm not going to go and paint that room. I'm going to go and sit with my pad and my pen and, PowerPoint and make a video. Do you know what I mean? It's I've had to prioritize. Mm-hmm. Now, when that comes to you know to people that are charging for their content, likes of Surreya Japan, I'll use it as an example because full disclosure, and I've said it on Twitter, I've subscribed to his uh, Patreon before. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a subscriber at the moment, not for any other reason other than I just it expired uh, at the end of the season because I thought, well, what's the point in having it well, But during the off season? And I've just not renewed it this season. I've also found, you know, some of the free content like Matsuyama has had his free content and it's been pretty reliable, to be perfectly honest. So I've been looking at different guys like that. And then obviously another new, you know, there was a lot of accounts. Um, obviously you weren't doing it for yourself just yet, Russ, because obviously the Scottish leagues weren't up. But we'd always talked about, you know, when the Scottish League come along, you know, about, you know, the protected lineups and things like that might be something we'd have we look at or whatever else. And, you know, there was obviously like the Austria lad, there was a Turkish lad, there's been various different people who are putting out protected lineups. And they were, you know, they've been doing it for, you know, not to their own benefit, but putting it out in the public domain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, along came Surreya Sharp, and now it's kind of all become collective. Now you're part of that umbrella, uh, yeah. you know, for, for the Scottish leagues. It's only been, what, three, four, three, four times maybe that it's been done? I think it's uh, three, or, three or four weeks. Yeah. Just because the tail end of the season, they finally got the, you know, the, it's been in development on the app and hmm. they added the Scottish leagues, um, obviously, in Surreya, and then it yeah. became, you know, sort of more pressing. So they got in touch and had and a great video that. call. I think I mentioned, I mentioned it before. And, yeah, it's been about three, four weeks now, and they've obviously got massive plans for next season. Uh, uh, yeah, and it's it's been a platform there. I've got the app sitting on my phone. I've had it for quite some time. And um, people put up the lineups into there and they're putting a percentage against it and things like that. You know, whether it's a, maybe a 50-50 shot, this guy might be coming back, this other one, they'll give you alternatives. And then some people will have, you know, 90, 95 against players and things like that. So, you know, and, and that takes so much time. Um, you know, doing the research, looking for suspensions, looking for injuries, looking for all that news. And it's been provided for free. And um, whether that eventually goes behind the paywall, I don't know. Um, If it was me, I absolutely would have it behind the paywall because it's valuable information. Now, that's all it is, though, is information and predictions. It's not gospel. Um, I was going to make a joke post today because of what happened yesterday. I was going to post up on, uh, was it yesterday, the day before? I can't remember. My day's all mixed together. But either way, um, I was going to post up and tag Matsuyama, who does the J-League fixtures, and tag Surya Sharp in it and say, hey, guys, what's this? Gambo Saka, you gave me a full lineup, and Hirosh- uh, Sanfrisio Hiroshima, you gave me a full lineup, but the game's been postponed. How dare you? Players have 90% in them. They should be playing. Life happens. We're living in uncertain times still. COVID's going to happen. Injuries can happen. Freak injuries could happen. People could slip on the stair and do their ankle on their way out the door to go to their game. Things happen. It happened in warm-ups. So to turn around and, you know, there was a, a, a so-called famous YouTuber that, you know, was basically a FIFA pack opener, posting up and having a pop at, you know, a prediction from the MLS 
that a player was 90% and he was a DMP or he was a substitute, whatever he may have been. Now, I seen this as it was ongoing. I didn't have an opportunity to reply. I actually was going to just leave it, to be perfectly honest. But he caveated it in, in the, the, the post where he posted saying something along the lines of, he had the screenshots and it was very blatant. He was pointing at the 90% and predicted start. Guess what, Brainiac? 10% of the time he wasn't going to start. So they, they put up the prediction there and um, he's posting it and he's saying along the lines of, um, this isn't on, you know, uh, I take blame, but 90% is, is stupid. It shouldn't be the case or whatever it was. And he got obliterated from everybody, from all directions, Surrey Island having a pop at him, which is usually fun. And there was various other people were just, you know, saying like, seriously, it's a, it's a free app, you know? Mm. And then by the time I went decided, yeah, I'm going to go and post on it. The, the post had gone and he'd replaced it with one that wasn't repliable. And basically was saying, oh, people were only focusing on, you know, didn't focus on the part, the part where I said I was taking full responsibility. You didn't. You used the word, but, you know, it's like you, you have an argument with the missus and you're like, I'm sorry, but, you know, you're basically passing the blame back to them. That's that's how it is. It's It's trying to be really smart with your words, but you're not being very smart. So I posted up a little post and um, I think I was pretty blunt with it. I didn't tag him in it because to be honest, entitlement in the community is something that's really started to hack me off a wee bit. And it's not with, you know, the dual blog users of the world. It's usually yeah. where people have a bit of a following and they think they, they need to be lifted and laid. Uh, you know, they should, should be catered to all the time. Um, I had a very public spat a couple of weeks ago and you can go and find that and have a look at that. And I, wasn't I was standing my ground I wasn't going to be spoken to or threatened in any way so I and I thought with this one I was like that you know you're having to go at people who are spending their time now this guy is a content creator for you know his FIFA game or whatever and it's to, to turn around and have a pop at fellow creators is just bullshit and I'm sorry for swearing on it and uh, no, we can't try to keep things PG but I'm, it, it, it's just absolute garbage and for for somebody to do that just wasn't on. And it's people who are giving up their time for free, free app. They're not getting paid for this. They're putting this information out in the public domain for free. It's their prediction. It's their opinion. Opinion, we've all got one. We've also all got assholes. So it's it doesn't mean anything. It's a prediction. And as I say, he didn't have 100% against it. He had 90% against it. That means there was a 10% chance he wouldn't play. And guess what happened? So anyway, that was my rant. And I've got a big thing about, you know, that you'll see the, the paid, people do have a pop about paid content and having a go about, you know, why are you paying for this? You know, uh, you know, you, you can get this in the public, it's all public domain information. Yeah, it is. But my time's precious. And my time right now is more precious than it's ever been for, for, for a long time. But let's put it that way. And um, if I want to pay for a service, don't tell me I can't or I'm stupid for doing so. Because if I choose to invest in a stock market, guess what I'm probably going to do? I'm probably going to pay for some of these financial advice websites where I'm going to get the information. This, to me, is the same thing. If I want to pay five quid a month to Sarir Japan to get the lineups, to get you know injury news, to find out when players are coming back, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to do it because it's worth five pounds over the course of the month for my time that I would have to go and translate articles from Japanese into English to get the information, it's worth it. And if I choose to, or if we choose to at some point have a Patreon channel for all the Scotland stuff, guess what? 
you're going to get your money's worth. And, you know, I, I, I've thought about it for a long time about, you know, the amount of money I probably have made people through the threshold videos and, you know, tipping players that have done pretty well. The pad that I'm using that I wrote my notes in today was actually an older one. And it was one from a little while ago. And let me just read this to you, Russell. Um, Dino Hortich, threshold forwards. Dino Hortich, 26, 50 for the last five, 42 for his last 15. Three-day average on the market, 0.062. And I tipped him at that point. And guess what he ended up being worth? 10 times that. Yeah. So, you know, you, you have a look at those things and you think, Do you know what, if I'd have charged maybe like a fiver for a monthly service where I was putting up these videos on a weekly basis, how much would I have made? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I wouldn't have felt like I was ripping anybody off. I would have felt it was perfectly fair. So the I fact I choose to put it out for free, don't have a don't have a pop at me for that. I don't have a pop at people who are spending their time and effort on putting out content, yeah. and especially if you're a content creator, because that's just I think it's order. I think it's a really valid point. I seen said post this week, um, and I you know what I agree with you wholeheartedly. We've you know we're um, we're doing this podcast here to be honest, and we're doing it here where we're not basically pandering to anyone. We're always going to give as honest an opinion as possible. We're going to, I'm not here to pander to anyone, whether it's the brand, whether it's a professional footballer, whether it's a, a content creator, whether it's a content creator from, say, a, you know, a video game, um, whether you've got 50,000 followers or five followers, it, it, it means, it means fuck all. And, and uh, excuse the French there, but, you know, it, it means nothing. Um, we all we all come out of the womb the same, and we all go in the in the box at the end the same. Um, and there's no sort of, in my mind, you're not any more important just because you've got you know a hundred thousand more followers than than us. There's an element of the community actually. I, I often find in Surreir, which is and certainly it was in the football index as well. What you tend to find over time is that the community turns against these people rather than than goes alongside them because they actually start to see through some of the what what was basically bullshit. Yeah. Now, not to go on a rant or anything like that, but I did see the said post this week, and it was the MLS. And the said striker was one of my players that I, uh, as you probably remember, I actually, I think I tipped him um, probably about six months ago when you were able to pick him up for about 150 quid. And I sold mine for, for around about £1,000 probably about three months ago. I regret it now. You can buy him for two now. But that striker... And do you know what? The guy that runs the rear sharp now, obviously I'm doing the Scottish League, so I'm not one, I'm speaking on behalf of myself rather than anything else. And I'm only speaking on behalf of myself. But the guy that done the leagues here, first and foremost, one, he's been doing a pretty solid job of, of the MLS, as have all the people. You know, I know that my own percentage, apart from the very last week in Scotland, I was sitting at about 92% hit rate for starters. And I'm sure the MLS guy's been a really high percentage as well. The said striker in question is arguably one of the best flipping strikers in the whole division. Do you know what I mean? It's one that's been constantly linked to moves to Europe. He's been starting every week. And the fact that Franco Jara got a game this week. Now, I also held Jara. I've held him and I sold him because I was frustrated because he was never getting a game because the yeah. striker, the 90% one, has been getting a game. So, you know, I think I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, don't blame other people. But, you know, if, if it really stems that sort of deep, why did you buy the striker in the first place if you didn't think he was always going to play? You know, you buy players, we all buy players to either sell for profit or to use in the game. 
yeah. or to or to collect if you're that way inclined. So for me, yeah, completely agree. Um, I think for for the podcast listeners, what we want to do, and you know, I suppose maybe this is the the kind of the tipping point where up until now we've been. Um, very diplomatic at all times. Now we're not always going to go on the on the sort of charm offensive or the offensive, but I think this is the tipping point now where that if if we see things that we just feel are harmful to the community or they're actually distorting the community, it's time to start calling it out. And um, yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to do so, Chris, along with with yourself going by your uh, previous <laughs> how, so, on a how, lighter note. How to make inf- friends and influence others is what I've been tagging on it a, as. On a lighter note, I'm yes. aware that we're, we're running on quite a while here. So to, fin- to finish things off. Well, we've actually got two things to finish off. We've still got the Scottish football, but we haven't got tips this week. Um, guys, so if you've been waiting for the tips, you've waited too long. Um, but yes, I, I, which way do you want to do it? Do you want to bring it up? And then we'll Gosh, news to... very quickly. We can. We'll go... There's not been a hell of a lot. Why, why, why don't we? Why don't we just relight it back up and let's just go with the with with the challenge from last week? Why don't we do that first? Okay, um, and then we'll bring the Scottish news in at the end because there is some transfer news in there, and like, it certainly is players you can maybe have a look at as tips and things like that. So last week, the challenge you set me five adult stars or five names of players that you could find in an adult movie as extras or characters. Absolutely. That's the way I, I mean, I I maybe added on some limbs to it there, but let's go with it. So player number one, Um, right. This is an easy one. Uh, You told me I could only have, I had to have one non-Korean. So player number one, he hails from Willem (laughs) two and his name when I seen it, when I seen when he signed for them, I was astonished that this was a real name, Jez Horncamp. <laughs> yeah, he's a favourite. You can't have a list like this and not have Jez Horncamp in it. <laughs> and I mean, wow, just wow. Eh? I mean, if could you imagine getting that on the back of a shirt? Um, next one, and I'm not actually sure how to pronounce this one, so I'm going to pronounce it how I think it's pronounced, and then I'll spell it. Uh, he hails from Ghent. It's Sven. Coombs, I believe is how it's pronounced, but it's K-U-M-S. So I've went with uh, I've went with him uh, from Ghent. I'm going to go with another uh, non-Korean, and that is Rod Fanny. Now yeah, you could take that with both names. That's a beauty. Uh, Ex Montreal, uh, forty years old now as well. I noticed the uh, <laughs> classic name. Um, the next one I'm going to go two for Korea. I have Suwon Blue Wings Wonder Star No Dong Giong. I could not do it with a No Dong. And finally, one that is a bit controversial. For, again, from this is from the other Suwon, Suwon FC, and it's Lee Bum Young. Controversial, but I'm going with oh, it. Good. That's what I've went with. That that's you know what? That's a that's a fair effort. Solid. I uh, I believe um that uh, Sven Coombs or Sven Cums as we as we know him mm. as, I believe he actually married a a Glaswegian girl called Jeannie Quickly, and she refused to have the the double barrelled name. My goodness, my goodness! And I don't know where um, to go with that. We'll go. I'll tell you where we'll go before we go to the Scottish League. What I'll do is I'll give you a challenge for next week. Okay. So I want five <laughs> players in the game. Right, sorry, how many? Five. Five again. I want five players that are in the game and have cards that are cities or towns 
in the world. You know, that's a bit more family friendly. So we're it is a bit. It's a bit. It's a bit haven't explained well to me, Johnny, why Jizz Hornkamp's a funny name. Uh, yep, five towns, names or places. So we go with that. Yep. Okay. And on that note, let's move on to Scottish. The Scottish. Gosh, yes, let's do it. So uh, our trademark, I suppose, has probably been our Scottish news since the league launched, and obviously Scotland Surreal sat with me. And um, yeah, so there's been a wee bit of news. I've got a few things jotted down, and I'm guessing you'll probably have a few other things jotted down. One thing that's happened whilst we're on the podcast and only has relevance probably to me is uh, Dundee were down to two managers in their uh, their hunt. One was Jack Ross, formerly of Hibernian, and the other one was Sean Maloney, formerly of Hibernian, both this season, in fact. And it's just uh, come out that Jack Ross has dropped out of the running for the job. Apparently, it's something to do with, I believe he's actually living in Newcastle, and he's not willing to relocate. Why, why go for a job that's 200 and 200 miles away from you? <laughs> anyway, so it looks very much like Sean Maloney will probably be the new Dundee manager. Now, that doesn't have any bearing on the game itself, um, but it's very interesting for me as a Dundee fan. So we'll see how that plays out. I think he was probably, I don't know, I don't know if Hibbs was the right situation for him, but I think getting a chance to... To, to properly, you know, what do you call it? You know, find his find his niche in the, you know, and as a manager, could be a good place to do it. And Dundee should realistically be favourites to come back up next season. That league is very weak, and uh, we should be looking at coming straight back up. But that's our, you know, that's neither here nor there. His former club, uh, they have appointed Lee Johnson, formerly of Sunderland and various other clubs around England. Um, he's been appointed the manager of the Hibs. He's wasted no time in getting things done. We talked about David Marshall being set to sign and that was pending, obviously, approval of the new manager. So he's come in. I'm guessing you were blown up with the same things we spoke about on previous podcasts, Russ, about the whole Macy, Marshall, yeah, and Dubrovsky conundrum. There, there's obviously three doesn't fit in the two. Um, if, you know, if I'm a guessing man, which I am, and I'm a gambling man, which I am, I would guess that Matt Macy... Um, Will at some point, whether it's this window or the January window, I, I would I would guess he will depart simply because there'll be uh, the chance for Hibs to get a fee there. Yeah, um, Dabrowski obviously is a bit younger, possibly could depart, but I'm not sure what the interest level would be given the opportunities. He's, he's been relatively limited. Um, so yeah, I would see that you know David Marshall. He signed a two year deal there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, very similar, that, that that's the Capitals, clubs, Hearts and Hibs, both got the elder statesmen, Scotland goalkeepers. Um, obviously, waiting, still waiting on Craig Gordon to actually get a card in the game, but um, we're now in that situation at David Marshall as well. To, so if he gets a card in the game, maybe before the, the, the season starts, that could be quite interesting and there will be people yeah. will will snap him up. Uh, another wee thing at Hibs, Aidan McGady has been heavily linked. I did see that, yes. And um, he also made the, the BBC News article in relation to being booed at every ground in Scotland for making the wrong choice. Um, we'll move on from there. However... Um, they also signed their young Leeds uh, defensive midfielder. Uh, I can't remember his name. I haven't got it written down. Not got a card but anyway. But um, you know, as a defensive midfielder card, so you might a uh, defensive midfielder player. So you might want to have a look. You know, if you are buying Hibs midfielders, you might want to double check positions. Is it going to be somebody that maybe moves in and Joe Newell, you know, and Doyle yeah. Hayes? You're now looking going yeah. to be quite as assured. Yeah. Um, I did see as well that the the move for. Ewan Henderson from Celtic to Hibs has been that's a, that's an agreed 
first of July. Um, so that's another one for Hibs. So Hibs have got, you know, there's two or three players definitely coming in. Sylvester Jasper as well, I noticed. Was... I've I seen two articles from the same source, completely contradictory. One said he had uh, he had sanctioned uh, the option to buy that was in his loan deal from mm-hmm. Fulham. And then I've seen one that said he terminated the loan. So I'd seen both from the same source. So uh, I don't know what to believe. <laughs> um, Hibs are, you know, they've needed a bit of creativity since um, Martin Boyle left in January to go to Saudi. And that's something they, you know, sorely missed Martin Boyle in the second half of the season. Um, and that's one of the reasons I think Sean Maloney probably did got a bit of a raw deal. They sold their best player by a million miles. And lost uh, Kevin Nisbet to injury as well. So there's that there. Um, I don't know if there's anything else on Hibs you want to touch on there. Yeah, it was just, it was the the player from Leeds was one of the, I think Leeds under 23s. It was yeah. Noan uh, Kenna was his name, K-E-N-N-E-T-H. Doesn't have a card in the game, so, you know, very low relevance. Um, I think just the probably the, the next most obvious ones is moving on to the sort of more sort of pending Celtic moves. Carter Vickers and Jota are both looking... Sort of nine from gone from maybe 75-80%, maybe looking at 95% sure assured to go through. Okay. And Dyson Maeda obviously has made his deal uh on Monday that was made permanent from yeah. Marinos to Celtic. So that's one that you can now buy safely if if you're yeah. looking at him. I think I think that one was probably as assured. I think earlier today, um, we'd both seen because we both mentioned it. Uh Sky Sports News were linking Celtic to Ko Itakura and Taylor uh, Harwood-Bellis from uh, Man City. Both got Uh, cards. So both got cards in the game. One is a Schalke card for uh, Itakura and the other one, I believe, is Anderlecht, I want to say. Is that right? Yeah, he was on loan. Yeah, Yeah, so they've both got cards. In fact, Harwood-Bellis actually has limited cards as well because I had a wee nosy. Uh, but it was a bit pricey for me to be perfectly honest on speculation. But yeah, Celtic looking to do a bit of business. And I don't think Ange is going to mess about because obviously last year in the the early rounds of the Champions League, they had a skeleton squad and that's what cost them really big time at the start of the season. Um, I think we both were speculating that Ange might be done by December, but he yeah. uh, he managed to get his signings in and he made it, he, he turned it around entirely. So um, yes, that's that. Let me just check this here. Oh, Trevor Carson as well yep. left Dungeon United. That's Dungeon United. Two goalkeepers, uh, yep. obviously on the back of Benji Segrist, um, departing. So I would expect that a goalkeeping signing announcement will be relatively imminent at Dundee United. Yep, um, and I think we, we we touched on it before we came. Uh, I started recording, and that was uh, there was uh, links today for Xander Clark, who's obviously been heavily linked to Dundee United, to have links to Middlesbrough. Um, the, you know, whether that's newspaper talk, we obviously we, we don't know for definite, but again, it would be a scoring team, you know, the championships, mm-hmm. a, a scoring league. So um, if he went to the championship to, a, you know, a, a decent team, then, you know, either way, I think, I still think regardless where he goes, as long as it's a scoring league, you're going to get great value out of him, especially he's the limit. Uh, that, that he's not going to play at his yeah, stage in his exactly. career either. And I, especially with being in the Scotland sort of yeah, peripherals. Both him and Liam Kelly, both in the Scotland squad. Yeah. Um, one that we mentioned last week on the podcast and we speculated was um, Blair Spittle. I believe he's got on his way to Motherwell. Is that, was it Motherwell he ended up? 
Yeah, I believe there was talks with talks from Motherwell. We did, yeah. I didn't actually think he would um, leave Ross County because he'd just been praising Malky Mackay in the media yeah, and been, yeah. that he was, you know, had the best season he's had in years. And you know, I genuinely thought I thought maybe Aberdeen might have looked at him um, purely, get, you know, purely guessing just at what they were needing and you know wide areas and stuff. But no, it's looking like Motherwell for him. And I think we mentioned just last week on the pod. I think it would just been confirmed. Alan Power sent him to yeah. promoted Kilmarnock. Yeah, we'd said that he'd just been released and we, we were speculating where he could probably end up. And then sure enough, I think before the podcast even came out, yeah. <laughs> he was he was signing for Kilmarnock. Um, yeah, a couple, a couple of bigger ones there. Um, one that obviously got confirmed on Monday was uh, St. Johnston staying in the Premier League. So you could probably feel semi-safe with players that are under contract anyway. However, I suspect there will be a big over overhaul there. And one of the key players that um that has departed today to join Scott Brown at Fleetwood, an on-scoring team, was Sean Rooney. So mm-hmm. beware any Sean Rooney cards. Sorry, Godfrey. And um, yeah, so there's plenty of players there. Now obviously they're going to be lacking a goalkeeper. Um Elliot Parrish, that's the other card in the game and has been their backup, he's out of contract. And um, he was at Dundee previously, and he's not not for me a top flight goalkeeper. Now that's not to say he doesn't get the opportunity, but I would fully wholeheartedly expect if you know St Johnston do lose Xander Clark as as has been speculated and it looks very likely, it would be unlikely that he would be the number one. He might get yeah. kept as the two but it would be very, very unlikely that he's the number that. So that would be one to be keep an eye on in terms of the goalkeeper going in at St. Johnston. But the other players off the top of my head, I haven't done, I haven't got the research in front of me. The other two that I've got off the top of my head, I know uh, the defender McCart was one that we tipped at the start of the season, you know, when, when, the, McCart, yeah. Yeah, when, when the cards were dropped. And also um, the boy Hendry, uh, the striker, Colin uh, Callum Hendry. Mm-hmm. So... Um, but he is out of contract. However, he was the way that he was talking in post match and on posts on Twitter. It looks like he might might end up staying. But you never know. He could get an offer from another club, and it's better money because we've, we've talked about it. St. Johnson are a small club, <laughs> you know. And if a, a big, you know, a bigger offer comes in for a, a you know wages wise, you know that's it's one of those things, isn't it? Yeah, I think. You know, the Scottish League is, we'll, we'll hopefully try and just keep on top of obviously all the transfers and mention them on the pod so that like every single one's covered. Um, obviously, we'll not keep going over the, the old ground as such because we've kind of mentioned a couple of these twice now. But I think every week, anything that's new, that's kind of been like, you know, 26th of May to next week, uh, pod, we'll, we'll get it covered anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that might, as I say, might be something that in the future... We look at other avenues into how to, how to send out that information. Um, but yes, so I think that's all from the pair of us. I'm going to go and find a, a Fortaleza-looking T-shirt out of my cupboard and put it on for 11 o'clock tonight. Before, So you'll, you'll know how they've fared by the time this podcast comes out, but I'm going to wait to cheer them on. And uh, yes, yeah, so without further ado, I will let everybody go. Uh, so for myself, Chris from Serer on the Budget, and from him, Russ from Scotland Serer, and this is just a quick one before I go. I had a look at his gallery value. His money definitely does not jingle jingle. It definitely folds. So on that note, I will speak to you all next week. Take care, guys, and we will speak to you then. <laughs>